Hello and welcome to another episode of the Point Forward Podcast. We are uh, coming at you the Wednesday, the week after Thanksgiving, in a bit of a lull. Um, you know, I'm still, I feel like I'm still full from turkey, PJ. I don't know about you, but how's, how's it going, man? The USCDA said today that it's no longer safe to eat your Thanksgiving leftovers. So if you're doing that, throw that shit out. Don't eat romaine lettuce either. No, you can do that now. That's good again. Just don't eat it from California. My God. My God. It's tough to keep up with all of this stuff. PJ, how well, are you? Well, that's why you come here to the Point Forward. We tell you all about your basic food needs. Also, we're, we're pivoting from a basketball podcast. We're talking strictly about dietary restrictions, uh, food, yeah, hell's yeah. FDA uh, yeah. regulations, you know, rating gonna, rating really your dive into this stuff <laughs> <laughs> yep exactly you nailed it but pj i, I nailed an eight out know, of ten or right before this we talked about this quite a bit but we have been on one hell of a losing streak when it comes to betting and i just don't know what to i don't do. want to talk about that well I, we got to do something <laughs> what are we well, gonna do we, we've gone through steps a i've admitted that the miami heat are bad First, first step. Uh, B, we really need to go after more road dogs. I mean, home dogs. Okay. Except if the Jazz, the Jazz are bad at home this year. We're gonna yeah, talk about them. We we will we need to address my Jazz. Um. Why why all the good things that I touch must go to mediocrity? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, maybe we stay away from the Jazz. Uh, once Steph returns, we will be making sweet, sweet love again to the Warriors' lines. Um, continue to bet the Bulls' overs. We, we've shied away from that. And uh, I, I think other than that, I think it's just, you know, ride this, this storm out. Probably stop betting football for a minute. Yeah, although I want to bet Chiefs, though. I think we should pretty much always bet on the Chiefs. It's such a, well, I, in general, I'd say last week was a tough week to be bet. I, I wasn't in. I didn't do well in my office stuff with my picks. I, but, uh, I'm, I'm now tied for a second in the office pool. So I didn't have my best picks week. Um, kind of with the holiday, I think I, I was I wasn't I wasn't focused as much. So. I think it's a refocusing, get us to Christmas. Um, I also would just say in general, I feel like just maybe we, we have to remind ourselves of this next year, but to not get too, too excited in the November. November is traditionally, I don't think, been good for us betting-wise. I have zero stats we, to support that claim. On, we come on strong in the playoffs. That's when we... It's when we make our money, but we gotta we gotta have some money. Well, I'm saying I'm saying in general, we do a, a pretty good job to start the season. Teams are trying, but we don't really do a good job of anticipating off nights. And you know, when you have teams that are like the Lakers, we have been doing a lot, just like aren't showing up given nights. Yeah, you gotta account for some of that. Shellacking against Denver yesterday. Yeah, yeah, you gotta account for those kind of nights, and and those nights happen more in the first half especially November, early December. You know, once we get past Christmas, that's when we're we kind of have a we all, we have a real good gauge of all these teams and who is yeah, we're not guessing on the Miami Heat thinking they're still good from last year. 
Although, shouts to Dwayne Wade for his uh, 36-point performance over the weekend. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, so, I think in general, yeah, if you're betting on stuff and you're doing well at it, please let us know. We'll, we are very much so open to any and all advice. If you want to send it directly to just me at Foolish Killer, I would appreciate that as well. And I will, I will take that information and decide what to send to Ultra. Perfect. Um, that's that's I'm Ultra's fine. too busy too busy being a starting point guard of the Chicago Bulls to. Yes, I'm. I am Ryan Ryan Archidiak now. I mean, here's one fact: we've never seen you and Ryan Archidiakimo in the same room. It's true. Well, who's the same? It's very true. Uh, do you know what's really frustrating is Andrew Wiggins can't score. Oh. Side yeah. note: I'm watching the first ten. Robert seconds Covington of can score. Game here. Yeah, he can score. I digress. Uh, let's get let's get I, back. On I task. just have so little care for the Timberwolves anymore. They were. In, this is what happens. They they you were the you were at one point you're like. Well, it'd be fun to just like talk, get really into Timberwolves. But I'm like, yeah. I mean, they're nationally interesting now. Now they've turned to locally interesting. Now there's stories about how how can we turn cat into an alpha? And I don't know if you can do that. Can you turn something into an alpha that isn't an alpha? Yeah, I I don't think that's the way that alphas work. But I could be wrong. Let's talk about the Jazz, PJ. You're oh, more. You're. I've always to. been somewhat of a, a Jazz hater. They I'm a, are. I'm a. I was a Jazz hater. And then They've, Donovan Mitchell came into my life, and now they're a little more fun. Very, no, they were they were very fun, and now they're they're we don't know what they are. They're they're little little poo poo for cocoa puffs, but we we still see hope. Well, after last season, them finishing they're as, ass dust right now. Uh, as I think they finished as the five seed last year. Yeah, um, I thought they were going to be a top. I thought they were going to be top three seed this year. They are sitting at nine and twelve, fourteenth out of fifteen teams in the Western Conference. They've they've had some good wins recently. Um, I will give them credit for beating, you know, handling the Kings on the road by twenty when the Kings are actually playing pretty good basketball is a good wing. That they they did end up being beating the Celtics, um, well, you know, Celtics a week and a half ago. But I, you know, I, I don't want this to seem like it's you know this. They are a team that is just can't do anything right. All I'm saying, the only thing that we're getting bad. here is that they have not been good defensively, and that's was that was really their bread and butter last year. Well, they're coming fresh <laughs> off of a, a 35 plus or 30. They lost by 33 points against the Pacers. They lost by you know two weeks ago. They lost by 50 points against the Mavericks in one of the worst yeah. games I've seen. Uh, and I, we just gotta, we gotta, is this something that they can turn around? And they, I should mention it was announced, uh, an hour or a few hours ago that Woj, uh, a little Woj bomb for you. Kyle Korver was traded to the jazz for Alec Burks and two second rounders. So, which feels like a, certainly uh, help with this team, but is that going to be enough of a spark to get them turned around? It it feels like a shakeup trade. It's just they need to break this mundaneness they're in, and their defense. I I don't want to say that it's been bad, but comparatively to last year, where it was excellent, it's just it's average. Yeah. And some nights it's been below average, but 
it's not like they're not playing offensively bad basketball, but they aren't playing an inspired brand of basketball right now. It's just it's it looked like a very average NBA team in a lot of of components, and and Donovan Mitchell hasn't been um, healthy, and I think you know some of that could be you see from from a guy playing a full full pro season last year, and maybe his his body is now. You know, adjusting that and, and getting that ramped back up, he's uh, you do sometimes see that in second sure. second year players, just you know, going from a college schedule to a full pro schedule, and then him being in the playoffs too. I mean, that's the most basketball that he has probably played and at that you know high degree ever. Um, so it could be his body adjusting to that, and he does have some nicks and. I think most teams are pretty cautious as well in this early part of the season to have those any nagging thing just not to risk it has kind of become the new new approach in the NBA because especially with your superstars because you you don't want to be a little thing to become a big thing and then that to affect their availability in in March and February when you're positioning yourself in a playoffs and uh in their case especially in the West, a game or two can make a difference at that point in the grand scheme of things. But uh, I really had thought at the time that having Rudy Gobert there for the full season, they were just going to pick up and continue where they were last year. Um, you were the smarter one of the two of us pointing out that the ridiculous streak they were on towards the end of last season. I not sustainable I, but yeah but i, I like glad a, you brought that a up. big dum dum saw a big shiny pretty light and just followed it and continued to follow it and and was probably blind and, and didn't see a reason why they wouldn't uh i guess for me I, I just i never saw a reason why they would bring back that same core why it would uh you just couldn't continue the party you know and and i guess what what do you see from them that is different? Because it's, I mean, the pieces are the same. It just, it doesn't look the same. It's, it just is a, a different, it's got a different feel to it. And, and just their execution on that defensive end has just been, that's, I mean, that's really all I see is just there's, there's a lack there of, of ability to execute the same way they were last year. Right. And so my opinion on the Jazz, I think this team's going to end up being a playoff team. Yeah. We, it, they, I think, are having a lot think... of tough shots hit against them. I think their defense will pick up. I think Donovan Mitchell. I, so here, here, I do think you is think a, a big the problem? Do you think this is like the? So yeah, I want to hear what you think the problem are. But do you think any of these issues are things that are big O's, or this is just these can be correctable? Well, here's what I here's what I think would go a long way for this team is. Ricky Rubio, we knew when he got traded to the Jazz that he was going to be uh, – he, he is one of the best passers in the league. Yeah. He is a plus defender, which obviously helps the Jazz. And that mo- – like when they trot – when they have their starting five out there, like I don't – Donovan Mitchell is not a great defender, but like he holds his own. Everyone else is probably a plus defender for them. And they were last year. They're... They were a, a really good defensive team. Now this year they're having, having some trouble, but – the problem with Ricky Rubio is that he cannot create for himself. He's been a very streaky, at times bad shooter. Yeah. So 
is the best for in my the and best he's not of shooting team, as well as he was last year no he's been bad this year yeah and so what i think what you need is you want donovan mitchell is obviously the guy that's going to have the ball in his hands a lot of him and joe ingles surprisingly uh, is just really crafty and ends up having a lot yeah. of assists and is a good passer YMCA but Don- skillful unbelievable but Donovan Mitchell, you want that guy to be dishing out some more assists, and his assists are exactly the same as last year, 3.7 a game. But he has the ball yeah. in his hands more than anyone else on this team, and he, he is just... He hasn't been I, as efficient. I, he deserves a lot of criticism for how inefficient that he has been. Yeah, He's shooting less than 30% from three, but he's shooting pretty high volume three under just under seven attempts a game. Uh, if they... If their best player in Dama Mitchell is shooting less than 30% from three and um, not getting other people involved, they're not going to win. Right. I think that's, I mean, I, I think it's, I really do think while stepping it up defensively will help, that in itself is going to lose them a lot of games. He can't have games like he had against uh, against Philly. Who he was shooting right. like Kobe Bryant, finishing like <laughs> finishing thirteen. Of but he had those games last year too. Yeah, thirteen of thirty-five is bad. I'm not disagreeing with you. That's just that is a well. I'm saying game. I'm just saying the shots, like throwing up those shots. Uh, like he had those kind of numbers last year. It was just he was making a lot of them, uh, and that was a criticism of him last year. Really, the the biggest knock on his rookie year was just that, hey, this is great. This defense is incredible, and. Uh, but but no one was ignoring, at least what I saw, the fact that, yeah, some of his bigger performances weren't that efficient of nights, and it was the, the idea was, oh, well, as he's matures as a basketball player, that you're gonna that efficiency is gonna improve. It hasn't taken place this early part of this year, and that 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 could still take another year or two to really happen. It's but when it's not hitting, yeah, you have to be able to at a certain point. For most guys, you you would you would make the argument will will be a productive player elsewhere, um, and contribute do something else that, that can work. Find that like second third role that if you're scoring if you are a scorer and you're not able to hit a given night, what's your backup role? Uh, so, but I, I would say like my one I the one idea when I was thinking about the Jazz is like, could you make the argument that this team was just you had so many guys that were having crazy career years, like efficiency-wise, scoring-wise, defensively. Like Rubio, I think, you know, I surpassed my expectations last year, what he was doing offensively for them. Yeah. Is, where it was some of, that would be in my mind, like one, I don't even if it's a criticism, but it's the, the correction we weren't, we no one really had the conversation about was, was it just you had a bunch of guys playing their best basketball at one time, and now you have some of them coming back down to a norm in a follow-up year? I, right. I, I don't necessarily think it's a case because it's – I mean, there was no one that was, I thought, playing out of their mind to an unsustainable level. But as a team, to your point, I they probably as a collective group were. Uh, so – so where they where they make the adjustments, I think the Corver trade is something that just, if anything, it it, it gives you a different body. It, it it sends a message to the the team and in the locker room that 
you know, something's got to change. We're we're not okay with the the current trend of things, and it it might might just if it, you know you would hope in some ways with these type of trades, it's just it's it reinvigorates the team and gives them a little extra energy. Oh my God, like Giannis I, is beautiful. <laughs> like oh, like geez. I said, yeah, you got a big game tonight, Bucks uh, Bucks Bulls. But yeah, we got it on over here, and he just dunked all over Robin. It's crazy. Poor Robin. No, uh, it's, all right. Like it's, I, I mean, I I don't know. Business. Like I understand that. I understand that. Um, Donovan Mitchell is isn't going to be necessarily a point guard for them, and that Ricky's playing that role right now. I honestly think that it. I think that they'll re-sign Ricky. Uh, I think that there's a, a really good chance that happens, especially since I think they can get him a, a pretty team friendly deal given that there's so many point guards already in the market and not many teams are looking to sign a point guard next year unless they're looking for depth. Um, but I think their their closing squad should be with Corver on the court and then you've got a guy like Dom Mitchell who's not only looking to close the game out but getting other people involved. I, I really would, you know, I'd like to see his, his assists and just how he's running the offense a little a little less heat check threes and a, a little more uh getting gobert involved in the pick and roll and trying to get guys uh, like jay crowder and corver open threes because that's when they're at their best and joe ingles for that matter but mm-hmm. uh but we we're both in agreement that we think that they they regress towards the mean they they finish well, they, above 500 is it would be progress right there yeah they improve I, Yes, yeah, you know I'm not I mean. panicking on them quite yet. There's a there's a lot of season left for sure. Um, what's next? What else we got? Uh, up next is we got some we got some guys coming back from injury. PJ, we sure do, uh, including buddy. your guy Lori, my Finnish prince. So he's practicing again, full on with contact. Yeah, it's so. It's, it's titillating. It's sexy. When is it look at, when is it has it come out like when he could realistically be making his debut? Uh so Fred came out today. They said he's gonna continue to um participate in full practices, full contact, um and, and based on how he is feeling after that, they're gonna look to based on elbows feeling Next week they will have more information. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe there was the the one date I saw thrown out. There was the December seventh game they have. Uh, could be the potential go go time for Mister Mister Larry Markinen. Uh, I'm really excited just to see how him and Jabari play with like ooh, on the court at the same time. I don't know how it's going to work. I think it could yeah, be fun offensively. Jabari's been a lot, a lot better Ooh, the last week or so. We be careful with those statements. He's he is uh, <laughs> the ball is going in the hoop a little bit more, but he's uh, man, he has just been so frustrating in general. Like the Jabari experiment was from the get go, like just a giant frustration. Like it, I, I really wish i wasn't like at all excited about it <laughs> when i first had like i wish <laughs> i just knew this was gonna be what talking it was. about this well because i like jabari and i do like I, I think he has 
the ability to do certain things that he's choosing not to do. And I don't know if it's just out of stubbornness. I don't know if it's like a physical, like what it, there's like a, it, it looks almost mentally like he is just electing to not do certain things and his effort and just in general, like he doesn't look as explosive or athletic. And then his just decision-making on the defensive end has been atrocious. Like it's, it's not really covering up some of his inefficiencies or like doing even the little things that look like he's trying then offensively he's been doing just some dumb dumb shit outside of playing the bucks and like he's he's been able to put together like two good quarters three good quarters i haven't really in my opinion i haven't seen like a full game out of him where i'm like all right let's take this and let's let's carry this into the next game like there's been issues in every game for him and of, of a team that's that's struggling as guys out like for for this dude to be the one that's like the weak link in a lot of ways is, is tough, and then because I mean, because right. then you topple that with like Zach Levine brushing off Wendell Carter on picks for game winners. He wants to try to play hero ball by himself and missing shots when you know against the Spurs earlier this week. You have stupid shit like that. It's 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 dumb. Like a rookie in Wendell Carter and. A guy that was in the uh, G League last year, Ryan Archiacomo, and like guy who doesn't even have a guaranteed contract. If those dudes are making some of your like premier, like not premier, but like your the guys you've you've Most identified as part of your team, core, yeah. like that's just bad. And I don't know if that's. I do think some of it falls on 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 coaching, but it's it's also just. We need to be able to allow the coach to not play the like not entertain the idea of playing these guys then anymore. Like these guys need to be off the team at a certain point. Um, but yeah, like some of the decision making, just it's 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 good for tanking. It's just I don't know if it's something I want to necessarily see as far as as looking forward to like the future prospects of that team. And um, just from a guy that watches ninety percent of Bulls games. Yeah, I mean it's been tough. I mean November's <laughs> been tough to watch. But hey, um, Laurie's but Laurie's back. That, and that's the thing. Like I, I, I bitch about this, but I haven't really been as vocal about it because I'm like, well, the guy until I get Chris Dunn and and, and Laurie back in there, and I see how this thing works. I'm just I'm chalking up a lot of this just being a, a garbage ass lottery team with pieces missing, and you have a couple guys who are just getting theirs at this point. Um, and when all the pieces are fitting together, and if you still have all these guys being individuals, then you need to, then you need to sit some folks down, and we need to have a talk about what what where we're moving going forward, and how guys need to learn their roles. Because I think the, and I, I I said this I think at the beginning of the season, uh, one of those little passable things, the uh, idea that like these rules were going to change once Laurie came back. So so hopefully that pecking order gets established and it's like a smooth process. Um, so, yeah, so, that was the five uh, seconds of talking bulls, five minutes. You know, he's this guy, this next guy we're about to talk about, not as important oh, as Laurie Mark. Yeah, not but, at all. Not at uh, all. But Steph Curry looks like, despite having a pretty wild uh, car wreck, 
uh, and, Which, yeah. and not coming away with injury. But uh, Luckily, it appears yeah. Steph Curry is going to be rejoining the Warriors here soon. Saturday um, was a, the indicate they first said like maybe tomorrow night, but or if you're listening to this on Thursday to, in tonight's game, but it looks more like Saturday is the uh, the target date. They think he might. Or earliest he might come back. It'd be really cool if Boogie was coming back too, but it looks like Boogie's likely after, after the All Star break or after Christmas. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, exciting. Which would stuff, be wild. I, I so, would. I'd rather see him come back after the All Star break, but but the imp- you and I were you and I were chatting about this, and I think this is where you're going. Is uh, it is shocking how how much it seems like it's going to help to have Steph Curry back for the Warriors when yeah, you wouldn't my, think they would really need it. My my question, yeah, to you before we was in what we're going to talk about, it was like, did Steph Curry being hurt help his help him for, like, MVP? I think, I think so. I mean, he's, oh, he's yeah. missed a good chunk of games, uh, which is going to hurt him just because of yeah. his numbers at the end of the year end up where they are, but he's he's missed, you know. What six seven games now? Yeah, um, that's and he, I have a tough time thinking that he's not going to miss any games over the course of the rest of the year. He uh, of rest, but I it's not these like just you'd mean, hope it's not this stretch of games. Your MVP case isn't going to be quite as strong if you end the year playing seventy versus eighty two games. That's all I mean. But if no, Steph, you have to play like sixty five. Sixty five has always usually been like the benchmark if of like. Steph, if Steph ends up with, you know, 50, 50, 50 55, 90 splits, then it's not going to matter. <laughs> right. I, if he plays, like, it's usually been the cutoff is, like, the that, yeah, 65 games. If he continues back these numbers, yeah, we'll see how they ease him back into the line after what they do. But, um yeah, I mean, for this thing, like this this Warriors machine to run, it's just it's if there was any doubt, it is is more clear than ever. This little stretch, like how like the, the that is Steph's team. It runs through Steph. Steph is what makes it makes it all work. Because um, yeah, during this stretch, I mean, Kevin Durant's had some big games, but you know when Steph missed some time last year, uh, it I don't think it it didn't feel like it was as impactful. Um, and a lot of that was because KD was also being a defensive anchor for them in almost every way so that teams weren't really outscoring them or, or giving it to them uh, offensively. And then this team just without Steph, though, is just a different – it's just, it's a good offensive team, but it's not, holy shit, you know, there goes the doors type of explosion on offense. Uh and and man, I like just looking through it. I want. I mean, once he comes back, but it's I kind of like him in in this mode. And I've never been here yet because I've always defaultly said KD's the second best player in the league. But I'm like at this level where I'm almost almost think we have to give it to Steph again. Like that conversation might need to be more of a is it KD or Steph is the number two guy in the league. Um, just for everything, because if you think Steph's the guy that gets the most explosive offensive machine, just like team we've ever, maybe ever seen going, and like he's a central piece of that, 
does that not add to his overhaul ability and just like what he he does and what he's able to get started at like the maximum level with with those other guys around him He's always been the spark plug for that team. They won championships before. Yeah. They won like, a championship before KD got there. Right. You, like, we would could you, argue for days about what this all st- – like what the Warriors end up with if KD didn't end up going to them and LeBron yeah. was going up against them with Kyrie. Like a lot of things could have gone differently. But, I mean, he – KD has been pretty vocal that KD even agrees that Steph's just the leader of that team. Yeah, well, it's not leadership. I'm saying, like, just better, just like... the most if, important, the better player. Yeah, I guess, like, skill position, like, and all of that, I'm, I I understand it's probably so, you know, KD, just because of his size, a guy that size with the abilities yeah. and everything he does, but just if I'm going and, and drafting right now, almost, I, I don't know if I'm taking KD over Steph in this... Just be because of all right. If I'm going to try to do my best to, to replicate what the Warriors are doing, because that peak is is higher than any team. I, I was I was going through this today in my head when I was thinking about this. Is like, what's the closest like peak Thunder team that when when KD was on that team? What was the highest operating capacity they had? Um, I don't think it scratches the surf. I, I think a lot of what their best operating was like some of what we've seen from what the Warriors look like right now. Um, yeah, I mean, the best that they ever played was the in the series that they ultimately ended up losing to the Warriors and when right. they were up <laughs> when they were up three two. And um, well, I, I I totally get what you're saying, and I like I think I agree with you. Steph Steph is the best shooter of all time, and right. And, Time when you're playing this game, like obviously having a stretch four is vitally important for most teams to have some spacing and having a guy that can move as well as KD and defend the rim. And I mean, Kevin Durant is one of the he's you could probably make the argument, um, him and Dirk maybe is like yeah. guys that are 6'10, who's the best, who are the best shooters of all time? Probably KD, I, yeah, but KD's I would probably a guard. say KD, KD's a seven foot guard. Right, it's but yeah. Steph is yeah. Steph has a part of his game that's tough to really measure the value of it because yeah. he because of the way he plays, it does so many other things for the other you, for the guys that play with him. Do you think KD's just doing like adding the next? He's just now entering his next stage, like as he follows the the path of LeBron in some ways. Is he just in his? Is he elected to take on the LeBron? I'm gonna take some games off types mode or I'm going to, this is where I'm going to transition and not playing as much defense as I used to <laughs> in that sense. Yes. But I think that he wants another MVP. I think the after finals? not winning it for no, I Whoa. think that after not winning it in the regular season for a few years, he's, he wants another MVP yeah, sure. award, but his ass and our like knows just as well as we do. He's not getting that while he wears a warrior's uniform. Right. Unless he, unless he puts up, Nah. numbers that we've nope. never seen before there is yeah we, we would have to have that discussion when we see those numbers but they would have to be like historically inc- you'd have to have historically like the greatest offensive season ever in the nba for him to win with the warriors i think well but if he if he shot 50 percent from three 
an average 28, 6, and 4, 5 a game, and they won 65 games. Nope. Like, I don't think you'd get it. I think if he did it the, depends. It depends what other other guys do, right? You know what, buddy? Yeah. Though I would say, like, if he did the exact same thing but was wearing a Knicks uniform, they'd give it to him in a fucking second. It would be a quote. No it's just, question. It's just that jersey. It's it's he will he'll he's defaultly given himself uh, a bigger hill to like climb up as far as if he wants any individual recognition. This is this is the this stage is all about the team accolades and that piece. Because, yeah, anything individually, he's going to, if he wants to add more to the chest as far as that goes, he's, he's, he's going to have to go somewhere else. And we, we talked about that, I think, within the last couple of weeks. So, you know, you and I had that conversation around the Draymond uh, incident. Yeah, man. We should probably stop talking about the Warriors because we nah, talked they're about fun now. They're fun. Here, they're fun to talk the about. Here's they were the boring that, last year. They were they're fun out, this man. year we, to talk about. We talked we talked about Draymond a lot last week. We're tired about Steph here and KD for yeah. that matter. But then guess what? A month from now, a little My bit more than a month from now, be... Demarcus Cousins is going to oh. come on this team, and then you and I are going to be have talking laughing. about them. I can't wait. More than two people should be talking about a team. But. I will only talk about Boogie Cousins. I will just be. <laughs> the, I've 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 fully prepared to just be the biggest Boogie stan of all time, and I will annoy the fuck out of anyone who's near me. I'm sorry in advance, but that's just that that we've we've had that plan since Jump Street. That's the that is that is that was never not going to happen once Boogie returned. Right. Let's talk about Marco Fultz. Ah, a guy we don't Which, know by the way, return. Uh, or ever shout return. Out to, shout out to Amari Cooper for imitating his free throw motion when he scored a touchdown the other night. I'm not an Amari So Cooper disrespectful. Fan, but that was so funny. Uh, so there was another basketball. Did you see the uh, the Seahawks them do the, the Allen Iverson walk over Tyler? Yeah, Tyler Lockett. Yeah, shout out yep, to Tyler I Lockett. A lot of turns out NFL, NFL players are a fan of uh, a fan of the NBA. Yeah. Um, NBA players want to be NBA players want to be NFL players and rappers. <laughs> NFL players want to be NBA players and rappers want to be NBA players. Yep. Yep. I don't think rappers want to be NFL players though. Unless you're Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yes, unless you're Snoop Dogg. Um, no, there's a couple. So, I guess I, there'd be a few others I could think that would want to be a football player. Like who? <laughs> a, give me a second to ex- go through the exercise. Nelly, Nelly, Nelly was would like yes, yes. Nelly definitely. Good. I think he played quarter. I think he was a really good quarterback. He was on all those NFL like flag football bullshit during the like the. Um, the Pro Bowl, like every year, the celebrity, those things. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, mm, yeah, I, I I said that with like the idea ultra that I could just go through the mental exercise and think about it and come back on the spot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I oh, thought you, you said that. I thought you had some. I was kind of saying it in passing. No, I was I was fully planning just to, to leave that out there and just have people titillate themselves at the idea of who would I be thinking of and we'd you know we'd come we just leave it at that I'm we continue sorry. the conversation later <laughs> now I just look like an asshole just spewing shit into the mic which if you didn't figure that out already then that's on you 
look, you've come up with an example. I came up with an example. We're going to move on. Mark Fred just Pulse. got a T. Heat it up. Uh, so, Markel, I think this was reported by Shams originally um, that he, it's not as if he's demanding a trade, but it is open to a fresh start from Philly, which is not surprising. Let's be honest. It, was there ever a situation where we didn't see that, that coming about? Yeah, it turns out a guy that is having a really tough time finding his shooting motion is not going to fit well, uh, given that he's a point guard next to Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons can also not shoot very well, and it, is uh, mentally and going through some some going through the yips still or mental issues. I mean, like it would be hella sick in like the. This is probably the only time I'd actually am in my sports fandom would say I'm rooting for an injury to be found on him to explain, like, this whole saga. Because then it's at least fixable. Um, if it, right. if you don't have that... It's, uh, I think it's a mental thing. Damn. I mean, he definitely has some physical stuff yeah. going on, too, but it is definitely has a mental component. There's something going on. Shouts to Fred for just, like... Fred Hoiberg will die on the... Uh, completely breaking the topic of this just once again. Fred Hoiberg will die on the hill of the NBA travel. <laughs> I love the man, but this is the this is the dumbest. He he is the he quickest needs a, man. He needs to, a transition from college to the NBA. When it comes he is to the quickest on. man to like any sort of travel shit. I mean, this this was pretty. Agree- I mean, Yadis airballed a layup. They caught the ball. <laughs> Not. <laughs> He has a point, but it's... Fred, calm down, my guy. It is what it is. So, yeah, Bill and Mark Look, 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 look. He's my coach, PJ. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell him. Yeah, let, let, coach, let coach know. Um, his technicals have all been, like, so funny. I, it'd be a funny... I want someone to put together all Fred Hoiberg technicals. It'll be a nice minute clip. Um, but, yeah, but Markel... <laughs> The uh, um, the the idea I, I, to me of like them being able to repair this though isn't out of the question, but it's like someone has to come to Jesus at some point on this this like uh, between these two sides, like someone's gotta go from because this whole thing since the Jump Street has been weird of like him how the Sixers have hand, like and no one is no one has brought any like real. Uh, com- like uh, an ability to like sustainably like hold on to like this is like the attainable or this is like the uh, like actual thing we can attribute this to. We're like talking about this m- metaphysical, this, the, the yips, and there really isn't uh, in any sort of sports, you know, mental illness, you know, mental inefficiencies like that is the uncharted, deep, dark waters of like sports that we we don't have an answer for we, we that's why i think as i said it and it's just out of ignorance it's my dumb brain would would be able to handle this much better if it was a, if you could tell me it was a shoulder injury or if it's you know he did this with his shot they need to correct this or do that like his footwork we don't have that <laughs> we don't have that right. that actual cur- that that uh 
piece of, of something that we can we can have this conversation around. It's just we're kind of going in circles around this and I mean ultra how well, do you how do you fix a problem when it's internal like that and then when is a, a team do you have to cut ties with that? When is that fair not only to the player but to the organization? How do we how do we establish that line there of, of when is it time to move on, especially with something like this? Well, I don't I think that it's I don't think that you can just say that this is the rule of like if you have an issue for this amount of time, all right, yeah. we're moving on, right? No, because is it is it physical? Is it is it mental? Is it both? What's going on? Because you I'm, have to just kind of address those one by one. But I, do, I we, do think do you think we have to treat this though as a mental thing until we're we're told otherwise? Now we're I mean we're going a year and a half now of this almost. I mean, you man, know. I like I understand. Like, let's think about this. He definitely had some shoulder issues, like actual physical problems with his shoulder last year. Then he returned later in the year, and it seemed as though the actual the there were definitely some things that he was working on with his jumper, and it looked differently, but that he wasn't going through as much pain because he was playing. Why else would they bring him back last year? He came in starting this year, and you've Which seen never, him. Mm. You've seen his. Like look look at I was making fun of this at the beginning of this of this segment here, but they he changed his free throw motion. He that is not creating less pain. Like that's not just because he's bouncing the ball back and forth between his hands and then shooting. That is not something that is is gonna create less stress on his shoulder and not hurt him anymore. That is purely a mental thing for him right. to just feel more natural with his shot. So that tells me there is a mental component here. There's something wrong just with the way that he's able to shoot the ball. Like I remember in like what I had to learn going into high school is like when you when you play baseball, you have like this elongated motion on how you if you're a pitcher, you bring the ball down like by your knee and then all the way up and then like a, just a, a normal what you think of as a normal throwing motion, but if you're a catcher, you more go directly back to where almost where your ear is and then you just kind of whip it because you need to get rid of the ball quicker and i had a tough time transitioning that but like something happened with the way that markel shot in college versus like then dealing with an injury which then just made the way that he shot afterwards feel unnatural and now he, he can't he can't find a, a, a any rhythm to his jump shot uh, you know i th- that is like me that is my speculation as to what the heck is going on i'm sure there's more to well, it i don't i at this point i don't know if any like no one really i think what, the only thing we know we we can pinpoint is that it's got to be something mental because there there hasn't been anything else that's come up but i'm i'm more i think it's 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 driven and it's progressed in a faster manner and i think the in some ways i think the sixers pushed it because they are in this more win now mode. They make the trade for Jimmy Butler, but they start, had started Markel Fultz, and it's like, I, I do wonder, like, were they just kind of trying to convince themselves that it wasn't a problem, and ignoring it, and hoping eventually it would just get worked out, or like, it it seemed avoidable to a certain extent, but like, based on everything we were seeing about it, like. We all saw this was going to come. I just think they almost sped it up, and it's 
I do think they can still repair it. Um, I just I, I wonder as like we we look at this because I, I there's Marco Flores is the first person to have the yips in a sport, but like if your mental illness is is something like on the side of like what Demar Kevin Love has talked about, I, I think there's there's answers to that almost more than like and there's there's got to be a delicacy to handle that. But when it's something where you're like you're just not able to physically do what the profession you are you're being paid to do, what is the what is the hard truth like tough? This sucks. Like it's unfortunate, but like we we got to move on, moment. Well, and then I, I, if you move on, what do you get for them? And what's the that yes. like? What are you where are you going from there? Even because it's you're you're dealing with damaged goods at this point. Yeah, let's talk about that quickly because I, I do want to get your take on what situation you think is a good fit for him. Bring him the Chicago who, Bulls. He's better better than campaign. The Bulls kind of make sense, right? I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm going to try to lowball the shit out of it if I'm the Bulls, but also, like, there isn't a lot of the Bulls I wouldn't be, like, upset to see go that's not named Larry Markinen. I think the Suns kind of make sense. Carter. Although, although if you're the Suns, I think you got to be the careful. The Suns would make that. great sense. You're, yeah, but the thing is, like you, I think that the whoever you bring in to play point guard for you, you want to feel good about that as your long term solution. I don't think you can say that about Markel, but it's uh, no. You're buying low on it. You're, I don't know. I think that I could see that happening with the Suns. Seven. I think the Bulls make sense, but not enough. Not a lot of teams need point guards. There are a lot of good point guards in this league. How about the Heat? Like Goran Dragic, I don't know if they're going to re-sign him. I could see. Yeah, him I wish I knew. There. And this is this is this is definitely not. I'm gonna, not going to bull. Like, I just don't know enough about Markel Fultz of like what type of guy he is. I haven't heard enough about that piece of it to really. Because because it would be helpful almost to know like what like really his personality like. It seems like he everything they say, and I just don't know if it's like PR spin, but he's like he is working, like he is like he's isn't being passive about this issue. He's trying to fix it. We see on the court, he's adjusting things. He's not being steadfast and like being okay with his performance, but like you almost want to find him a veteran that's gonna like snap him out of it. And on like it's there's not a there, there's no way this makes sense, but it's like. Every time I think about it, I'm like, it would be great if you could just get Markel Fultz and Rajon on a team together. Like, I think Rondo could fix him in whatever way. Or if he his can't ju- fix he, his shot. like fix his jump shot. I don't think Rajon is No, I'm just shot. saying whatever this mental thing. Like, I think Rajon Rondo might be like, Rondo just seems like a guy that could help, like, snap him out of whatever shit he's <laughs> in. Right. The guy just have like, that is my new, like feelings on Ray John Rondo he's just this, this whisper to like the youth of basketball like he'll he'll work and he's gonna invest his time in those dudes and like he's a dude guy that ultimately no team at this point is gonna really want to like convince themselves to build around but he's fine in the medium and like you can work you know towards something but like a guy like Markel oh I, I almost feels like that's the type of dude you need like just the complete opposite of like the nurturing but weird like tough tough coach type of guy you know, jimmy i think could probably be the dude too 
if he wanted to be. Well, it certainly doesn't seem as though Markel thinks uh, agrees with you there, Peach. But um, let's right. uh, let's talk about some other news that came out today, and really this kind of a a trend going into this season uh, in brands that have historically not been huge players in the basketball market in general. Uh, and usually if you're selling a lot of basketball sneakers, you have some guys in the NBA that are, are certainly are your, you know, your sponsoring and, uh, in a very surprising move, Kawhi Leonard left air Jordan and is joining new bounds today. So not, uh, joining Puma with with a handful of athletes, uh, being really the face of, of their sneaker, but then also they have uh, Converse is, is coming back and uh, have not announced a sneaker, but starting to sell basketball apparel or will be selling basketball apparel and sell and sign Kelly Oubre early this year, which I thought mm-hmm. was like really interesting and I am excited to see what they do. Uh, but pretty wild, pretty wild stuff, man. I. Uh, <laughs> It, it, it does seem like with everything that happened with last year with Kawhi, him now being uh, the brand ambassador for New Balance. Well, the shoe deal fitting. was part of some of the issues, too, with it all. Like, it was the, his being in the right market or whatever. But um, I'll say this. I Kawhi Leonard and New Balance are two words that aren't going to make me buy a shoe, to be honest. Even if the it's yeah. the fire like, it would have to be the most fire shoe ever, which I don't think it's going to be. It's get, you know, like I don't know how you, where that comes out of. Like, I mean, you'd have to give me some real hard facts of how that's going to happen. But off of names, like that ain't getting me to do. So I'm gonna buy a Marvin Bagley one or something before I buy a single Kawhi Leonard New Balance shoe. Yeah, something tells me you're saving that pocket change for a Giannis sneaker, but yeah, I would buy a Kelly Oubre Converse shirt, shirt, a shoe before I'd buy like everything. Name a shoe, I will buy it before the uh, before the Kawhi New Balance whatever is. Uh, the this is a big day though. It's uh, for you, another you'd big. Buy it, you'd buy an under or uh, Steph Curry. Under well, that's what I'm saying. Big day for Steph Curry uh, low twos. Uh, those bad boys are officially off the hot seat. Um, so so things coming up roses again for, for Steph Curry. He's no longer going to be the laughing – that can be the butt of the, the, the trash shoe jokes. <sighs> well, I wish I wish you all the best, New Balance, but that was a – Hey, I – I don't blame New Balance, game. but I don't blame New – Hey, New Balance wants to give – I don't blame no, Kawhi for getting it. the money either. I don't blame anyone. Did we see the the money he got? I don't know yet, but I, I, I hope it's the most. He I, like. I hope he wasn't giving New Balance a discount. Right. Yeah. I, I something tells me it's more than whatever Jordan offered them a couple months or offered him a few months ago. It had to have been. Otherwise, what the fuck, dude? So it's time to address the elephant in the room, which was we got we gave Duke a lot of love last last podcast, PJ, and unwavered. Really, sh- really shocked. Uh, I'm sure it shocked you. It certainly shocked me. I didn't really realize. I know it ended up being in a tournament, right, that they played Gonzaga, but 
Uh, what a really good, like, what a great early season matchup in, in, basc- or in NCAA basketball. And uh, I'll tell you what, I still would have picked Duke to win by 10-plus points, and lo and behold, they get upset. Yeah, I had no, I thought they were just going to, talent-wise, out, uh, out, you know, perform, outperform the Gonzaga. But I think, you know, it's, it was a perfect storm of two things. Is One, like, and I fully admit this, like, my bas- my college basketball uh, viewing has, has declined. I, I definitely watch more pro, and we've talked about that before um, on here, but College like I used to be better now than it has been in the last ten years. It is. It is more. I don't think it's better. I think it is more interesting. This is the most. Duke is the most interesting team college basketball has had in the last ten years. Yeah, this is the first outside well, I don't of those. Even mean, I don't even mean just because of Duke. I just mean I think that I'd give switching, it eight years. Even. Switching them to a thirty-second shot clock alone. Has well, you like? I know so you like that. Better. Yeah, I know you're a big fan of that play. I. Yeah, maybe the quality of the game, like some of that, is is better. Um, but I don't give it. I mean, the rules, all that. Like this Duke team is appointment television in a lot of ways uh, for for college basketball fans. For I think a lot of pro like NBA people that really do, you know, really only watch the NBA. Like they're paying attention to this team. Um, you know, the only t- I, I think the John Wall Boogie Cousins and the. Uh, even you know the AD, you know those those couple of those Kentucky teams by Calipari, like people were interested in them, but I don't think people were were giving them the. Uh, I don't think people were giving them the same attention, like global, like on a national scale, like because this is just looks different, and it's I mean there's there's zero. I, watching the Indiana game last night, it's like more clear, and it's going to continue to be clear, like. R.J. Barrett and Zion Williams have no business playing in the in college basketball, man. No. No business. And, like, Zion Williams, it's tough because I'm like, he's wasting, like, a year where he could be, you know, actually playing against other grown-ass men that, like, he needs to, like, eventually he's going to hit a wall and, like, he's going to have to, like, work on adjusting to how, you know, the NBA plays against him. I wish he had, like, one more year, like, you know, an extra year to do that. Like, which this year he was figuring that shit out instead of like just beating up on a bunch of dudes that, like, you know, you and I and like our you know group one group chat were, and I think we've been sharing Zion Williams dunk shit for three effing years. Seems like since I was forever. I, I think since we, him. I feel like it feels like since we were in college, even watching Zion Williams. I don't dunk. remember ever not sending the videos. That's what I mean. Yeah. Seems like, like they've always existed. We were we were still in college and watching Zion Williams dunk. And he's like thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, I. What you is perfect. Yeah. What do what was what do you remember when you last did not see Zion Williams dunk? I mean, um, but it was honest, against. Can Can you honestly say, the for certainty that you were a freshman in college and you had never seen a dunk video of his? I know I can't. No, you really. I know not. for sure when we were our seniors and we were living in the same room, we were definitely watching him. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And also, the question is: Has anyone's known? Has anyone that's been born at, before Zion Williams, since Zion Williams was born, have you ever not seen him dunking? It does seem like he came out of the womb dunking. I think he might have been. Look at the size of him. Uh, 
But he was you know doing it should, all. It, I would be interested to know how large of a baby Zion was. That's a very good. Uh, you know that would that would be like a Rachel Nichols. Rachel Nichols, if anyone will find that information out for us, I have faith in Rachel. Uh, the queen of the queen of NBA reporting. Um, but like the thing is, it's high end. It's always been, he's just so physically big and that size and no, we've never seen anyone that size doing what he's doing. Um, but the optics of it too, though, is he was doing it against a bunch of, uh, of, of kids who just looked like they were eighth graders. And he, you know, when he was in eighth grade, they looked like they were four and five years old. You know, he just, he has been the biggest, strongest guy in every which way. And I mean, I think when he becomes goes to the league, he's still going to be in the top, you know, 90th percentile. I think of those, especially when he gets like a pro trainer and stuff to work with him. I I, I, uh, I, I hear that I hear that RJ and Zion want to stay at Duke all four years so that they can play with LeBron's son. LeBron's son ain't going to stay that long. I'm saying, uh, but he's not even, he's a freshman in, in high school, right? I think that he would be coming in when they're. One and done was going to be. Le, <laughs> LeBron, LeBron, he's just going to go. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I, anyway. <laughs> I wasn't anticipating you saying that. I blew that. your mind. I blew yeah, your my mind. brain just broke right there on it. Like, in a moment, I was like, does not I confute, does not confute. I was like almost about to yell something. I was almost about to spew some shit like, no, I don't know. wasting time. Hold but I was ball. like, yeah, my brain broke. Basketball brain broken. Uh, yeah, that's not happening. More texts. More texts for these bulls. Um, let's uh, let's but, do uh, some shout outs before we call it a day, man. Well, no, I just say Vizaya, that just can we get him into the league now? Can we get him there like tomorrow? I think he could show up tomorrow and he could drop. 15 I think RJ points. Barrett could too. Like our those two guys, like the, the 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 both of them are like fascinating to watch. But like RJ Barrett is a, a polished, as like polished of a, a freshman as you you you've seen in some time. Like he's making real like pro ass moves in some ways. Like he's scoring and and doing so and like a really he's crazy he's been crazy efficient for them that Gonzaga game he was it was definitely his worst game but you know this Duke team though man is it's just it's appointment television it's it's crazy um what they're doing it's a it's a damn show and like it's cool for me because yeah I was probably gonna be watching the games anyway but like to get this uh this level of a product is uh it's a treat it's fucking awesome man it's a treat um do you have any shout outs uh well I think we should shout out one thing. I shout out um the the creator of uh SpongeBob um who, who passed away, um whose name is now escaping me. So was that your Walter broke my broke my basketball brain. Uh is that, Steven Hill Hillenberg. So is that your one of your favorite show like were you a big Nickelodeon guy growing so up? So I definitely skewed more towards uh comedy central or well i was like Dis- i was definitely grew up as a disney kid my family allowed me to okay. watch i was uh nickelodeon shows were i you know when i became oh it was probably more like that that 9 to 11 range where i was allowed to 
to watch some of that a little bit more, but it was there was there was certain just like a the the kid level of crassness that like my at least my like parents are a little uncomfortable with or I like didn't like you know they they weren't a big fan of like me watching like some fart joke stuff in some ways which you didn't really have you in were, Disney they kept you on a pretty tight leash is what you're saying early and now now as you see where I'm at now yeah that's just <laughs> it all paid off in the end right yes I mean, clearly. Uh, but no, I mean, uh, I mean, I will eternally like the, the, my all time favorite SpongeBob episode. This is what I wanted to ask you with this was like your favorite SpongeBob, like mine King and like above all and will forever be is there the, the band episode they have band geeks band geeks is number one. It's not close where they like perform at the like mock Super Bowl thing. Yes. Oh yeah. Maybe we've talked, I don't know if we've talked about this, but this is, that's like, the uh that was a that episode if that thing is on i watch it from start to finish no i will stop what i'm doing to watch it first yeah like that's like that episode was and the first time i watched it i remember just like i caught it at like the halfway point so i saw the second half i basically i'd saw like right before they go on to perform and i was like what the fuck like i just was blown away and it was like this itch I had to catch for like a year, because this is before DVR, you know, Netflix, whatever. So it was like I would, I kind of got into SpongeBob a lot because I'd, I'd watched it some, but like after the episode, I kept, I really watched it because I was like, I want to find that f an episode, and I need to watch this whole thing through and like see how this all happens. Um, it's very, it is, and the episode delivers just even of that. In like the whole thing is perfect. In the history of television, that is one that is just up there as one of the best episodes. It's great, really. So that is that would be my number one too. The other one that really, I'm probably blanking on plenty of great episodes right now, but another one that, in my opinion, um, deserves a big a, a bit of a shout out is uh, there's an episode where they have to sell a lot of chocolate that they got uh, conned into buying yeah. by mistake. And um, there are just so many ridiculously funny parts of that episode. If you go and back rewatch, it doesn't doesn't matter how old you are. Like it's just it, the whole thing's great. The uh, the one I the one I liked a lot was the um, I'm blanking on the, the there's a good Squidward episode I really liked that I can't I'm blanking on completely. But like in well, part, Band, Ge- Band Geeks in itself is a good script. Yeah, it is. That's a heavy Squidward episode. There's, There's another a great one. Squidward episode where SpongeBob and Patrick are have a box. Yeah, imagine that, well, imagination box is my yeah. That's or idiot box, I think, or whatever they that they play games in it. But then Squidward like disses it the whole time. Yeah, ends up thinking like sneaking out there and playing in it. And yeah, I mean that's 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 one great. of my favorites. That really sums up Squidward. That one's a good one too. Yeah, but um, it's good stuff, man. The only the only shout out I had this week was, um, so uh, John Legend and Christy Teigen have a Christmas special on NBC tonight. So oh. on like on in like an hour. It's on at nine o'clock. I'm sure that it'll be on a, a few times between now and Christmas. But check that out. Yeah, I'm gonna have to record that ish. I didn't know that was uh, happening. My yeah, favorite. Man. My world, my number one ranked social media couple. Check out NBC. That's on tonight, Peach. I'm going to have to go hit the DVR on that right when we're done here. All right, man. You got anything else? 
Oh, what else did I have? I thought I had one other, um, oh, uh, I know what I was going to shout out. Uh, Jordan Peele is, uh, evidently going to be recreating the Candyman, which is a, it was a movie made in like the early nineties. Um, but it's, uh, about the, um, this demon that haunts, uh, Cabrini Green, which is the housing project here in Chicago. Um, the movie itself is uh, about what you'd expect from a like '90s horror, like kind of slasher type film. But uh, the idea of Jordan Peele getting behind it, and after you know, seeing, you know, I've watched, I watched Get Out too. Like, uh, I watched Get Out as well, like about a month ago for the third time ever, and it's, dude, that might be one of the. That might be in my top five movies of all time now. I mean, I've only seen it once, and it was unbelievable. Yeah, so that's the thing, man. I will if you've seen it once. Awesome. You know, he's, he's come. He's had. There was a like a teaser, not trailer, but like poster for his next another movie that he's going to be coming out with. That's um, that has. Ah, I'm so I'm kicking myself for not remembering the actress's name. The woman that plays Peggy from. Um, Mad Men and is in uh, Handmaid's Tale. Yes, oh, I'm blanking on her name too. We're terrible you people. Know, t- she's supposed to be in that, and I, I like. I'm until he has a long string of not being, uh, of not putting out anything good. I'm gonna touch everything that guy comes out with, including like he's gonna be in Toy Story. Yeah, Lion King. Lion King. There's. Just a lot of good, a lot of good trailers um, coming out. But yeah, what I was going to say though, we, is got, the, we got the Pikachu, uh, Pikachu detective. movie, which Detective Pikachu movie. I'm glad they having uh, Ryan Reynolds and that's good. Yeah, yep, I agree. Yeah, that will make that like an enjoyable kind of uh, of a thing. No, I was going to say if you haven't, if you've seen Get Out once, you good. You've done your like. You've done your job. Like that's a that's a must. That is a must see movie. Um, but what I was gonna say is that you need to see it a second time because the second viewing, when you know what the twist is, when you know, but to see what they actually do, like how in front of like a lot of the shit is, makes it almost better. Like you just kind of geek out on it at a different level. Uh, so so do that man and if anyone else says like you have to see it a second is it uh right. is it the movie us is that yeah that sounds right yeah with elizabeth moss is her name yep thank you shout out elizabeth moss um i've, I've never i haven't seen anything that she's been in that hasn't been good yeah, All yeah, right. she's pretty. She's pretty fucking good at her her stuff, <laughs> man. Uh, I guess. Oh, so I, I should say this before uh, before we we close out because I won't be able to by the time we record the next episode. Shout out Northwestern Wildcats, uh, future Big Ten champions after Saturday when they take down Urban Meyer and the uh, seafood. Tell you what, man, I'm all. I will be rooting for Northwestern in that game. God, I can't stand Urban Meyer. Yeah, I'm officially <laughs> done with uh, 
Back after they him in that Maryland another game bet, is the funniest bet, thing ever, man. Another, another bet we lost. What? Yeah, well, that's I. I had a lot. I was, once again, overconfident in a, uh, a team. It's, it's been anything. I'm overconfident right now. I just we need to go the opposite way. Hence the the parlay I shut down today. Okay, uh, let's close up shop, Peach. We'll do another pod this coming weekend, a week from now. If something crazy breaks, we'll we'll be bringing another podcast your way. But thank you everyone for listening. Check us out at pointfortnbagmail.com. Hit PJ up at foolishkilla on Twitter, uh, at point forward on Twitter, and we'll talk to.